0: Hello, experts. Welcome to another episode of the Rock Diagnostics Podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Omogod Damian and we're going to talk about a couple of different topics that have to do with laboratory professionals, capacity building, but also possibly staff shortages and remuneration. Those are extremely important topics that we all need to have an idea about, especially when it comes to capacity building in order to get better jobs, in order to be better people, in order to be better laboratory professionals, we need to develop our skills. Okay, yeah. So you said that during the first two years of your university, you found it a little bit hard. You had some questions that you didn't answer in order to really get what the field is about and in order to really get immersed in it. That means you already at some point had to do at some levels, some capacity building, you had to change yourself, you had to change the way in which you looked at things. What were some things that allowed you to start grasping and um, to start getting used to what medical laboratory science is really about?
1: Okay. Um, in in searching for answers um, to my written of questions, I started browsing um, resources online. Mm -hmm. making researches, you know, asking questions, but most of times I was working on the information I got online and then the discussions I had with um, some senior colleagues and people I could comment on, you know, I got involved in every um, medical laboratory science activity in the campus. So anyone that has to do med lab, you know, student activity, we are going to this place, we are going to this place, we are going to these states. You know, I would want to get involved, so I would meet new persons there, ask them questions, you know, and then add it to the um, the research I'm making online, so that I would be able to understand and know that, okay, as much as I know these things are happening outside of my place, I can also find people physically who can, you know, give me guides and, you know, lead me through how to get to whatever I'm looking at. So I was, I, I took mentorship very serious within my yeah. first three years in university, because that's where you know, I, could get, I could call anybody anytime and then I could ask any question and then the answers would come in as fast as I wanted it to. So you did have some
0: programs where, uh, that were organized in the university where you actually went out to go and meet people in the field to see what they did?
1: Yes, yes oh, there are a whole okay. lot of programs. Yeah. Can you give us and, some um, examples? You know, yes, in, in Nigeria you um, you have MELSA. NEMELSA is a Nigerian Medical Laboratory Science Student Association. So it's a national mm-hmm. body and each university that you know, that offers Mid-Lab science as a course has a chapter of email in it with presidents and executives and all that. So um, I got involved in NIMELS activities. Every NIMELS NIMEL activities, as much as uh, my academic could allow, I got involved. Then there, there was this also NAFMS. Um, it's called the National Fellowship of uh, Christian Medical Science Students so, they also organize conferences, conventions, and all that outside your school. You know, they could just put kids in another region in the country where people are expected to travel kilometers to come. And then you have every other uh, chapter of uh, medical science uh, students from the country there would ask questions. Ah, I heard Professor this in your school. How does the man do? What does the man do? And all that. You no, know, from there you get numbers. You get to you know you have questions. You could call somebody who just give you an answer immediately. You know some things that you, you could find hard to access before. It makes it easier when you get involved with you know some students' activities while still in school. You know then um I, as a student I also got involved in any um. Any professional activity like uh, when um, YMLS they the Young Medical Laboratory Science uh, Forum was having the meeting a uh, you know in conference meeting annual conference as a student yeah. I was part of the few students that was drafted into the committee for the planning because that particular one was hosted in my own state in Ebony State so I was part of the few students who were drafted in the committee. So the planning and all that, and there you meet, you know, some senior colleagues, probably people that you've been seeing only online, you've been hearing about them, but now mm. they are coming and you basically you discuss with them. As I know, you, I heard you are doing this. And that's just how to get involved.
0: Yeah. So actually, those sound like excellent programs. I didn't know that things were as developed in the university sector in Nigeria. Because, for example, when you're talking about Melsa i heard about them, but I didn't know that uh, there was a chapter in like. Pretty much every university now how do the chapters get created is it some students who are interested and decide to start one or is it that the university um, starts them how how's the process
1: okay um how it's it's created is that well, as a national body already know, well, if there's a new university or if there's any any university that starts offering lab science as a course you know the national executives the national body of the um of the association would want to go to the university, reach out to the, you know, the management of the department or the faculty, if Mm -hmm. MedLab was a faculty, the school or a department. In some schools in Nigeria, MedLab is a faculty, but in some schools it's just a department. So, they reach out to the management of the university, the department, you know, okay, we are yeah, this is who we are, this is what we do we want to create a new chapter in this school then the management of the department could lead them to some students probably some course reps and then some very few select students you know from there they could organize the elections get students involved they explain to them that this is what we do and this is why you should be part of this and all that and you know students will be pretty much interested in uh, joining in being part of what they could then yeah. do and next in a chapter is created and the road into the national airport. same applies to nothing.
0: Okay, I see. And so the students get interested, I'm guessing, mostly because they have a network of people they can speak to and then they can get to meet others who are also in the field? Yes, yes. All right. Now, you said one thing that was also very important to you in those formative years was um, internet resources and resources that you found online. What were some of those resources that actually helped you? Okay, um... You know, when
1: um, when I started as a researcher, I was just you know, I would just go to Google. when I started, you know, I would just go to Google and type MedLab Science and yeah. then Google would bring me this more than 50 pages, you know, different articles and all that and all that. So sometimes I could leave what I was looking for, and I would just be asking, you know, the rules of medical laboratory professionals in public health, the rules of med Lab in this, the rules of that. So I could be getting articles. You no, know, from um Google Scholar, Springer, ResearchGate, and all that. And you know, when I get when I run through these articles, I would also even find the names of some lecturers that I know or maybe I've been hearing about in Nigeria as one of the authors of these things. So
0: I would want okay. to write down their names and notes. And does that change as a professional, or actually before we get to that point? Um, as far as capacity building is concerned, what are some areas you think professionals in Nigeria need some more? Help with as far as skills and competencies that are needed to be um, efficient on the job market? Okay. Um, as far as that is concerned,
1: um, professionals in Nigeria, they really need um capacity building you know, and the uh, trainings and developments when it comes to you know, the use of um, you know, technical skills. Then you put it out with technical skills, use of the. Uh, machines, how to run through, you know, some of these automated analyzers and all that, which mm-hmm. basically, because of where we from and uh, where we are, you, know, you barely can you know, find any um, hospital around you that has that. So it's only when maybe you go to the capital cities and um, yeah, when you travel outside the country that you can have them. And so if there are yeah. ways which, you know, probably in the training uh, curriculum or, you know, the formative years or the first few years of practice, this person's lab professionals, like we can get access to some of these machines, even when you don't have to use them every time, But at least we understand how these things work, you know, how to mm-hmm. do it. I know it can be simple and notable you know, yeah. it should just be a idea. So it doesn't just always be theoretical knowledge that is possessed. But apart from that, you know, lab professionals uh, we are researchers probably, lab professionals are researchers and, you know, um, as a lab professional, I think every lab professional should know how to write their, do research very well and how to be able to publish his research work and all that. You know, it doesn't make sense when, you know, as a professional, you've done something and then you're looking around, trying to find who helped you write this, write that. You know, write this Mm -hmm. article, publish online about that. As a professional, you know, that should be just part of the things you know how to do research writing, grant writing. The proposal and all that, and then yeah. um yes yes, and then you know emotional intelligence, leadership very important. Cause here in Nigeria, because of the bickering in the hospital sector, lab professionals don't get um to really manage um you know the the hospitals very well the way they should be. There. in fact, the management and leadership aspect of you know the hospital management is um they are almost excluded from it and you know you find out that some of them don't even know they don't have the leadership skills the team management skills and all that so this should also be part of the sense that you know in fact that professionals should just be prepared to own the world from the formative years say whenever they come out that at every point in time at least even if you don't even if you're not so good in all of them you could always be found handy in some of these skills even when you may not be a complete expert in all of them but at least you should have you know very knowledgeable uh, idea about this and you know, how to manage this, how to run projects, how to manage projects. You know, organizations could be able to depend on you to handle their projects for them and all that. Thank you for the for the time. being, you know, there is a very big gap between lab professionals and some of the things I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's. it's very, I know yeah, so some starting... are come, And I say, going forward, I know some organizations are coming
0: up to change the narrative. All right. We'll come back to the organizations and talk about some of them. Before then, going back to your first point about getting introduced to the machines and getting introduced to automation early. I also think that's important, but in some situations you'll get so. For example, in the past, I've been in places uh, in universities, talked to some people where when you talk to lecturers about automation, they tell you, yes, automation, but it's simple. It makes students too reliant on automation and so usually what they want or they push for is for the students to do the manual methods first and then eventually when they get on the job then they can move on to more automation. What do you think about that? Is there any merits to that idea that they should start with the manual first and later down the line move to automation or should we go directly to automation?
1: okay um there could be merits in the argument. Um, but that marriage could have been uh, probably in the past where you know there were very few machines who could, uh, that can do distance but in a world where almost um let's say seventy, if i'm not um you know, underestimating 70% of every lab act, uh, lab uh, procedure is automated. You know, it's, it doesn't make sense where the lecturers uh, you should still want to lead students through the juridical aspect of it and probably the manual aspect of it And maybe when they start practicing. You know, um, you go through some work, um, work requirements for those that are applying for work in, you know, more developed countries, and then uh, you see that, you know, knowledge about some of these things are prerequisite um, criterias for the persons to be selected. So you can't go yeah. there and be explaining to them that uh, come, uh, where you're coming from, that uh, they still value manual method because they they were assuming you will still be lazy. You know, having an idea about the manual method, you know, how the manual method works is good because, yes, you know, Africa would still, for the for the time being, we still need people who are, very very knowledgeable about the manner method, yes. But then, as much as we you know do the manner method, we should also you know find ways to incorporate the automated method because you, know, you never can tell you, 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 things could change, you know, and then you would have to be faced with a machine that you cannot even yeah. operate. I understand those need. I I advocate for the manner method, yes, because even in Nigeria here, you could go for a heat service in some places, and you could be the only lab scientist there even something as a, you know, even even a microscope, it will not be seen there. So it really? needs it needs, you know, expertise as a, as a well-trained uh, lab scientist to know how to maneuver the, you know, the, the economic burden there and do whatever you are doing in the lab and still get accurate results. That is also yeah. very good. But that doesn't stop you from you know having an idea how the machine machines. So whatever argument we are making, we are trying to sell automation. It doesn't hold water now because you know the world is leaving us behind, and we shouldn't be talking about you know say, our you know time on manual method you know letter in the workspace. What if they don't get into the workspace? How then they the automation method? You know they need to be autom- mm-hmm. have an idea. I'm not saying they should be so, so uh, good in it. I'm not saying they should have practice, no, but they should have an all idea right. about how this happens, how this machine is done, all that. Yeah, so essentially what you're saying
0: is there should be some sort of uh, mixture. So it's not just about a manual method, but aside from a manual method, people should also be taught how to use some of the more automated methods so that they find themselves in a laboratory where they have to move more towards the automated uh, sector, then they can actually thrive also in that environment. Yes, yes. Now, about the other points concerning leadership, leadership and management. Um, It's true, in many labs, you are not even at the lab level, but in many universities, Whenever we're teaching students, we always go towards the technical aspects. We never really deal with some of the more nuanced aspects like leadership, like management. What, according to you, would be the best way of helping solve that problem? Is it to include management courses at the university level? Or at this point where lots of people are already in the work field, that we need to go and then Try and teach some of these skills to people who are already working, who have the technical skills, but maybe lack some of the more nuanced leadership skills. Okay, I think it could work both ways because I know the problem is
1: not doesn't just affect the professionals alone. Now, even the students are also not being carried along. So I think you know the curriculum of um, med lab science uh, courses should be revisited. You know, some of these things added in it you no know, management courses should there should there should be a way this this thing should be added in it the you know, leadership courses and all that should be added in the curriculum and then you know for the professionals there could always be options for training you know in Nigeria they do cpd they have you have a required number of cpd you could get before your license your is renewed so they should also add that as part of uh, CPD the continuous professional development yeah so uh in let me say, I'm saying, I'm saying is a, a, a session of medical laboratory scientists of Nigeria. Let me say, I'm saying is having the annual conference now. You know, and every scientist is supposed to attend. You're supposed to pay this amount of money. You know, they should add something, a course on that, bring an expert to teach them how to do that. It doesn't take, it wouldn't stop them from you know, doing what they're doing in the lab. Definitely, it's not everybody that will attend. They could repeat it. Okay, this is the person that will attend from our laboratory, from this hospital. You know, before within the one two three years of continuous doing that, you know, they would get to know it. And then on the student aspect, it should be concentrated on, you know, on the curriculum. Because beyond the curriculum, every other thing you are doing is um, should I say it's almost hampering on your academics. You know, for some of us that we are able to manage doing other things beyond what we do in school, you know, it tells on your academics very well. It tells on your class sometimes. You have to miss classes to be able to meet up to these things, and uh, sometimes your lecturers do not understand. You are saying you are going for this. You want to go and do this. They minority not even understand what you are doing. It looks, it makes it look like you, know, you are one or serious person. But when these things are yeah. not part of our curriculum, then it's you don't need to go outside. You are learning from there. But how can it be part of the curriculum when some of the person that are supposed to teach it might not even know how to teach it? You know, you find that yeah. it's it's something that needs you know proper. You know, they should sit down at the council level. I believe every country has um, a regulatory body. In Nigeria, we have a MLSC and Med Lab Science Council of Nigeria. And today, the curriculum is, you know, worked there, approved, and all that. So, there should be an approval. You know, they look at it. What are we adding? What are the things that are not even important? Again, there are some things in the, yeah. the curriculum that are no longer important. This is 2022. There are some things that are no longer important in the curriculum. They should remove those ones and add new ones. You know, life is advancing and the beautiful thing is that medical science is one course that you know that is so dynamic and so improving. Like it improves every single day, so that we should follow up the trend and not just you know be watching it unfold. We should follow up the trend every time it's improving. You know, time to catch up, and we should just play the catch-up game with the course.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's true that we all have medical laboratory uh, bodies and associations around. So in Nigeria is the MLSCN. Oh, maybe we need more young people yes. like you to try and get into the body to try and change things. What are, what are the What are the requirements to get into the association? I mean, to actually be part of the top administration of the association? Is it like a vote?
1: Oh, no, it's not like a vote. Um, I can't. I can't remember how the stepwise, you know, process of getting into the top. Or, or if maybe I will just ask around and then an answer like the. That's in mm. the professional union, the Association of Medical Laboratory Science, uh, Sciences of Nigeria. That one is yeah. just once you get your license, automatic member. You know, so if you now want to contest okay. for something, you run an election, you get voted for another. But for the council aspect of it, I think um, that should just be a recommendation from universities, uh, university, uh, university state, and then the government. But the one I know very uh, well is that um, the register of the council. Is appointed by the president of the country, and then yes, and then the few governing board members because, um, the last uh appointments you know, it was announced officially, they are appointed, you know, they are recommended, and then the appointment. Was, I don't know the stepwise um process,
0: yeah. Now, even if the MLSCN is not doing that yet, you did say earlier that there are some organizations that are trying to change that. Uh, can you give yes. us some? So if there are people who are watching this and who would like to and read more about those organizations, can you tell us a little bit about them? Okay. Um,
1: Lead MedLab Africa is one organization okay. that is doing that. Um, MedLab Kung Fu is one organization that is doing that. You know, Peggy Consultancy is one organization that is doing that. Then... Um, I think um, um, I can't remember the fourth one, but at least I know four yeah. organizations that are focused on you know, developing lab scientists and students at the same time. So, lead mm-hmm. med lab, Elite MEDLAB Africa, MEDLAB Congo, Pekizu Consultancy, they are
0: doing pretty much well in, in that. So, since leadership is extremely important, what are, from what you've seen in labs over the years, what are some of the best Leaders, some of the skills that they've had that you realize when you look back were extremely important to making the lab function.
1: Okay. Um,
0: you know, okay.
1: One of the very, very, very important, very important skills, I think. The ones I I judged to have done well had then was um negotiating skills. And you know really? in Nigeria there's always there's always this bickering between you know med lab scientists, doctors, nurses, and all that. Mm-hmm. And so just very few of them who could talk, who could convince, you know, who has the power, who we are skilled enough to you know be part of meetings. Because definitely as they um, as probably the absent chairperson or the head of the department of men lab in, in, the, in the teaching hospital or in the hospital facility. They will be part of the top management uh, meetings in the hospital. So it's only when you could talk very well, you can negotiate the way of your members out of whatever issue it is there that you, know, you could um, surmount some challenges. Yeah. You know, um, let, me, hey, let me use one very good example. You no, know, in FETA here, you know, Federal Hospital you, know, you know, it's one of the best hospitals for med lab scientists because there, you know, you don't really have doctors trying to come into the lab to come and do what scientists are doing. You no, know, everybody has what they do. That is because you know, over the years, people who have been heads of departments in the lab, the you know, people who have led and in and at the top level have always had their ways, you know, trying to talk some people out of what, you know, what they wanted to do. They get them saying, okay, you want to come, there should be a session for doctors and lab and all that. And at the end of the day, you find that, that that's no longer happening because they're able to, yeah. it must not be right. You can just talk out, you know, stand your ground, negotiate your way out of whatever is happening. And even when the hospital board is not in support of what you are saying, we must have placed enough facts before them. You must have you know, been able to convince, not just them, but every other person in the room. That this thing is just something that doesn't even make sense. Even if it makes sense, it's not something you should eh, back on doing now. And then they yeah. understand with you that okay. Then the second aspect of it, the uh, second um, very important skill I know is um, you know. People who, are, who have um, say emotional intelligence, the, the emotional intelligence aspect of um, leadership is very, very important in managing um, you know, the lab because um, we are talking about, I'm talking about Africa now, I'm talking about Nigeria particularly, where um, yeah. people do, get to understand that healthcare should be really inclusive and all that, you know, and then the professionals don't really know what... Um, what they should be doing at every point in time you know, they are more concerned about some other things so you as a leader as um you know someone who really wants to get things right at every point in time be ready to understand at every point in time that okay this should ordinarily be the right thing to do but because i want to achieve this goal in the lab because i want this to be done this way because i don't want to have more then you could be trying to solve an issue and then you create like 10 other issues but you could yeah. leave that particular one and then you know everything goes back to normal with time so if you're able to if for those they are able to understand that okay fine this should be the right thing to be done and all that you know we should enforce this particular rule but then they think about it and say okay fine let's not do it this way let's just do it this way to plac- uh, you know to placate the egos and the emotions of every other member of the you know staff why you know, we try to find the better way to that that solves a whole lot of issues. but when you just come out, you are trying to be so disciplined. We are trying to be so you know you know tight fisted in actions. You know you don't. You are not flexible. People can't even talk you out of doing something. And more than it. that, would be because people. Sorry, I'm saying, but people face a whole lot of challenges beyond the profession. So when you know the profession itself can't even. You know, coming to help them anytime they need the help you're also causing a problem in the lab these are mm-hmm. just the two important parts of it that i know they are not really uh, looking at it very well
0: yeah but taking the second point into account it's true that, that happens but i guess in some cases when people come in and they see things not being done a particular way maybe one of the reasons why they may try to put to push things is because they think it's better for the patients and so it's kind of hard usually to be able to tell particularly in those kinds of cases whether it was the right choice or it was the wrong choice because at the end of the day it's true they're in charge but if the people behind don't back them it becomes very hard. But at the same time, if you are responsible for the lives of other individuals and you really believe that doing things one way is going to save people, if you don't try that, then you're not really how I put that following your principles either. So I don't know. That one is a hard one.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one, you know, it's a hard one trying to, you know, bring into account the fact that uh, the patient's life depends on largely what we do. You know, um, the results we push out one mistake we that happens in life in the lab would you know, change the life of a patient entirely it's just yeah. one minor mistake we don't understand but then that's when you know teaching and training comes into play you know I know almost every lab I know has a dedicated day in the week where you know at least for some hours nothing is done in the lab <clears throat> they just have a meeting and then some trainings they sit down teach you know You know, do seminar, they even do seminar presentation in the lab. And this I'm using FETA as an example. You do seminar presentation, they do meet, they review the activity of last week, and then they talk things out. And then this is when you come into play as a leader. You utilize that opportunity because, you know, apart from that day, every other day of the week, everybody's busy, everybody's trying to run shifts, do tests, pull out results, and all that. So every opportunity you have that day, you make it very good so that everybody could talk we find the challenges in the lab, you know, the ones that could be addressed, you address them. So you know, There are some persons who could be very good in uh, doing this, but they're not good in doing that. You know, It takes you as a leader who is very intelligent and you know, understanding of your work environment to find a way to shift, to rotate people, put the persons who are good in this, in this, and then find the persons who are good in doing something else, to do that thing, you know, Everybody must not be there be doing the same thing. You know, try to rotate the work in the lab, and then... It's just it, it. I know that's why some persons shy away from leadership because the, the responsibilities are too much. But well, yeah. if you watch them, play, manage them very well, at some point it might not even be you that is the leader that is doing this thing. It might even be every other person in the lab that is trying to help you because they know you're already putting effort. You are not rigid. You are not, you are flexible. They can approach you. There are sometimes that you know. Scientists in the rush, you know, in their fear to not make mistakes, in the you know, in the haste to produce results that uh, the patient is treated, might run into mistakes. And so if a leader that when people approach you and then you know you're always trying to find the way to blame, trying to you know shout and all that, they might be afraid to approach you with problems. But if they find you very approachable, very good, you know, you can talk, you are considerate they would always bring some things to you, even when they, they knew you could have been angry, but they would still find a way yeah. to bring it to you. When you address their seats and, you know, with the help of every other pe- a member of your team, you cannot be the only person working there that is a leader. You must have other members who you trust their abilities and then their capacities too. They could, you know, find, always find a way around this. And it happens very well. And that's why if you go to the there are some units that perform better than every other unit. And it's not because yeah. that unit is... Templar or anything, it just it depends on how they work there, you know, the work attitude there. And that sometimes you could enter a lab and you see a HOD wearing a lab coat, doing something on the on the bench. You ask questions, ah, the person in the call, where's the person? The person went out to buy something. So what is the HOD doing? He likes doing that. It encourages others. You even see them discussing and existing, you know, they are doing cell counts and they are discussing and they are existing. It makes it very, very, very lively. And then, in, you know, in labs like that, even when there are issues, the issues will be so managed comfortably that it might not even have to escalate beyond the few persons that are aware about the issue. But when there yeah. is a lead, leader that, you know, tries to be very, very hard, you know, on the people always trying to enforce principles and discipline without being considered about the workers, There, you know, some of these things, people might just be trying every time to meet up deadlines without, you know,
0: Without the work environment, the work environment would just be very close. Let me just put it down. I see what you mean. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, Damian, we're almost at the end of our time. Uh, thanks a lot for being here with us today and for talking to us. Um, do you have
1: any last words for anyone watching this episode? Okay, um, I don't know, if, I don't know how far this is going to go, but I just want to encourage the of science students wherever they are in Africa, particularly where, you know, we are still trying to grapple between, you know, our economic, um, economic, should I say, economic burden and you know, the burden of. Healthcare, I know healthcare is some. Actually, if, if you work in public health, you know that healthcare is really, really expensive and all that. So, for the main lab science students, I just want to encourage them anywhere they are that they should, you know, not be confined with whatever they see in the immediate environment. You know, maybe your school, in your whole, in your entire uh, department, they could just be just one microscope for like 300 students mm-hmm. and all that, right? MedLab is beyond what you see in your school. That's just one something I tell my friends. The MedLab is beyond what happens in your own school. You know, what happens in your own school might not even be part of what happens in the MedLab and the MedLab profession. So just do what you yeah. can there. Yeah. Try to make researches, ask questions, reach out to people whose, uh, whose passion is to, you know increase the capacity and the professional development and even the public appeal of the profession. Reach out as much as you can, get an idea of what happens in the laboratory world, outside your environment, outside the school, and then you could do better. And then to the professionals, I would always want to encourage them. We are, like we say down here, we are the bedrock of modern medicine. You know, patients' lives depends on us the hospital depends on us on our accuracy, you know, on our discipline and all that. So we should always, as professionals, do everything we can to represent the profession very well. And then we should be intelligible. Like we should be very, very intelligent and you know, very exposed so that at every point in time, you know, we could always represent the profession very well and then you know bring the best out of the profession.
0: Thanks a lot for these words. I hope everyone who hears this is going to be inspired by them. So you heard it's um, medical lab scientists. As students, if you're in training, try and find mentors, try and find people who can actually help you get to where you want to go. Look around you, find a professional that is where you'd like to be in the future and go and talk to that person. And see what that person has to tell you about how they got to where they are. Go and see what the competencies are that allow that person to, die, to get to that particular level. And if you are a professional, we need leadership in the skills in the field. We need more leaders. So if you can represent the can represent the sector, do everything you can. Try and learn new skills to be able to more to be able to be more adaptable. Try, if you're not yet used to automation, to learn a little bit more every day about automation, about machines, about how they work, how they can make our lives, our work more efficient, how they can make us even better medical laboratory scientists. Thanks a lot for listening today, and see you next time.